January 8th. We begin today, as usual, in reading the Old Testament, this time from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 16. And we'll go through Genesis chapter 19, verse 38. And here is what we will find there. In Genesis 18, we'll read about resting. Now, resting in the afternoon is a normal practice in the East. And don't forget that Abraham was nearly a hundred years old. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is just take a nap. The believer's body is God's temple and must be cared for. We'll also read about serving. Abraham had no trouble noticing the pilgrims because it was unusual for people to travel in the heat of the day. The visitors were two angels and the Lord Jesus Christ. In one of his pre-incarnation appearances, even though he had 318 servants, Abraham served him personally, and 14 times he called him Lord. Abraham ran from place to place to make certain the meal they were preparing was, in fact, the very best. And on into Genesis chapter 19, we'll see that because Jesus did not feel at home with Lot in Sodom, he sent the two angels to look into the situation for him. The angels didn't walk the streets or visit the public places of amusement. They visited a professed believer to see what his home was like. Lot's wife and family were far from the Lord. The salt had lost its flavor. So what hope was there for the city? Begin our reading today in the New Testament. January 8, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, through chapter 7, verse 14. So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes. Doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns, because your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are far more valuable to Him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? You have so little faith. So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs and He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Stop judging others, and you will not be judged, for others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you use in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log from your own eye. Then perhaps you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye.
Don't give what is holy to unholy people. Don't give pearls to swine. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Keep on asking, and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And the door is opened to everyone who knocks. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Do for others what you would like them to do for you. This is a summary of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose the easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few ever find it. You have a priority in your life. Maybe you're the only person who knows what it is, but you have a priority in your life. And the question is this. Do you value your relationship with Jesus Christ enough to make Him, time alone with Him, the number one priority in your life? Is He that valuable to you? Is he that important to you? Where does he rank in your life? Does he rank number one? Is he number two, number three, number four, number five? Is he down so far in the list on your time, your energies, your interest, your love, your devotion that you can't figure out exactly where he fits? Where is Jesus in your priority list? Number one priority in our life is our time we spend alone with Him. Now, I want you to listen very, very carefully. The most important thing in your life and my life today, tomorrow, next month, next year, every year till the moment we die, is our personal, intimate relationship with Him, with Christ. The, the number one priority in our life is to be that time we spend alone with Him. Now watch this. It isn't because we just need Him. He wants us. He desires our love. And he, and he desires to spend time alone with us. The Bible says over and over again, what's the first commandment? You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. What does it say about Jesus Christ that He might have first place in everything? He can't be second. He cannot be second. It means that you have to find time for him when you have time for other things. And that mean, may mean I have to get up a little earlier for you to be first with my day. So he's waiting on you to meet with him every day, every day. I don't care how stormy your circumstances are. I don't, it doesn't make any difference how difficult the situation is and what's going on in your life and who's on your case. You know what? 
when you get along with him, it is absolutely amazing how he can quieten your spirit, shut out everything else in the world, and it's just you and him. That will quieten your spirit. You see, so many people's God is so confined. You're, listen, your view of God begins to get larger and larger, greater and greater, bigger and bigger. When you begin to see how he begins to work in your life and how he is working situations and circumstances in the future that you can't even figure out. And you come to that point in your life of that time of that decision and you see how God has worked at every single detail already. Now, we don't know what tomorrow holds. None of us do. And so we can't predict the future and we can't make decisions today that affect the future. And so we have to make decisions today that affect today. And so we have to trust God for tomorrow. And so we don't know when the storms are coming, when the floods are coming. But here's what I know for certain. When you and I spend time with him, you see, he says he's like a refuge. He's like, he's like a fortress. Uh, he, he, he's like a rock upon which we stand. He, he's our hiding place. Spending time with him oftentimes prepares us, so quietens our soul that we are ready when something comes that would normally blow people off course that does not affect us. Because why? Because we know who is in control of our lives. Is Jesus first? Now watch this. As you look at the way you spend your time, is he first? The way you spend your money, is he first? In your relationships, is he first? And then if you're wise enough to make him number one in relationship and every other aspect of your life, you watch God transform you in a way that you would never begin to imagine. One thing I know for certain, you never lose making him number one.